Australians might feel like we're done with COVID, but COVID isn't really done with us. In fact, there's growing evidence we're on the cusp of, yes, another wave. New infections are up around 10% in Victoria and 9% in New South Wales. Hospitalisations in both states have also jumped. Dr Norman Swan is the co-host of The Health Report on RN. Good morning, Norman. Hi, Patricia. Here we go. All right, we're back here again. What are the numbers telling us? Well, the numbers are telling us that, well, the cases are on the increase. The people I'm speaking to are not prepared yet to say that this is a new wave, but it's quite likely, you know, the best predictor of future performance is past performance with this virus, and it comes in surges. And I think we're at the beginning, one would have to assume we're at the beginning of a new surge. It may not go to a high peak, but as you and I have discussed before, it doesn't have to go to a high peak to get large numbers of cases. You can get a slow burn, and over that slow burn, you accumulate cases. And in fact, the minister a month or so ago made an announcement on this, which is almost almost sounded like an apology for acknowledging that um, you, we, we, we in, in just focusing on very large peaks, you miss the fact that a lot, a lot of people are being infected uh, slowly, if you like, and steadily. The interesting thing here is when you look at uh, particularly the New South Wales data on what subvariants are involved here, things just recede into the background. The ones we were talking about just a few months ago, BA4, BA5, they're sitting there in tiny percentages of the overall cases. Uh, One called XBB 1.5 is the commonest one in New South Wales, probably true in Victoria as well. It's the one that thought to originate in New York. And there's another one as well. BA5, for example, is 0.7% of the of the subvariants. They're worried about a mutation on this XBB1, which may cause immune evasion or more likely to infect you by binding to the lungs. So this and and what's interesting about this virus is it's not necess- these subvariants are not necessarily coming in from overseas. You're getting a phenomenon known as convergent evolution, which is where the virus in Australia is behaving the same way as the virus in South America or China or elsewhere, the same pressures such as vaccine treatments and a general flow in the population are causing the virus to mutate in very similar ways. What do you expect to see happen in our hospital system? Um, My source in New South Wales suggests that they're not seeing increased severity from this virus. I mean, it's still... These viruses, remember, you don't think of them as mild. They're, ju- they're probably about the same as the original Wuhan virus. They're just not as bad as Delta. But they're not seeing an increase, an uptick in severity. But you will see more hospitalizations. You will see more deaths. And again, just using New South, New South Wales data, so far since the pandemic started, there have been 6,500 deaths. Uh, The Centre for Disease Control in the US has issued what might seem like an extraordinary piece of advice to doctors writing out death certificates. What's that about? They're worried that the impact of COVID is being missed by the way doctors write out death certificates. And this report from the CDC informs doctors about the serious long-term consequences of COVID, where COVID might not be to the fore in their mind because maybe there were the, person, the patient was infected with COVID a year before, but they're talking about the impact on deaths of COVID complications when you're not thinking about COVID and to think about that when you're writing out the death certificate. 
Changing topics, this afternoon you'll be looking at ovarian cancer on the health report and a procedure which could actually reduce the incidence of that cancer. Tell me more about it. We first reported on this many years ago. It's research from British Columbia, which finds 50% of all ovarian cancer, this will do your head in, does not, does not start in the ovary. It starts in the fallopian tube, so the tube that catches the egg and takes it to the uterus, and then spreads to the ovary from the fallopian tubes. 50%, it's a large proportion. Now, um, women who, if you could actually remove the fallopian tube, or at least the end of the fallopian tube that's next to the ovary, then you could potentially risk, uh, reduce an individual woman's risk of ovarian cancer by about 40%. And um, so the, the, the question, and it's not well known, and there's some gynecological oncologists in Australia pushing for this to be much more widely known amongst general, general gynecologists. So when they're doing a tubal ligation or a hysterectomy, they offer the woman the option of actually taking the tube as well. And of course, this does not... Um, negate the opportunity for a, bit, a woman to have um, babies in the future because you could actually go for IVF. So it's a simple procedure if you're having a tubal ligation. It's an extra few minutes on the operation with no extra complications. And um, you, and one wonders why this has not spread more, and we'll be exploring that tonight. Thank you so much, Norman. You're welcome. Physician and journalist and co-host of The Health Report, Dr Norman Swan there. You're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.